Majors. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Katie. And I've decided my favorite law enforcement agent is a ranger. And I think a I'm going to start up the... A uh, Texas ranger? Well, I, I don't really want the word Texas involved in it. So I'm well, going to go with a Delco ranger. The Delco ranger yeah. is terrifying. But the only, the like only the thing race. I want to enforce... Porch is, man. Uh, yeah. Killing lantern flies. That's oh, what I, okay. I want the Delco Rangers mm. to be. Getting spotted rid of Delco flies. Lantern fly mm. squad. Are yeah. they everywhere? Everywhere. Yeah. They will be they everywhere. They will fly at your head when you leave your house. I am uncomfortable with that idea. They're all over the place. I'm very uncomfortable. Uh, today we're going to look at the Chris Pine, Jeff Bridges, Oscar nominated film, Hell or High Water. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? I went with Larceny because yeah, what this perfect film is choice. about Feels crimes. Um, yeah. I had like the weird amount of whiskey left in the bottle where if I left, if I took the drink, I want it. There was going to be like, like less than a shot left. So I ended up with go heavy pour, a heavy pour, yeah. heavy pour. I love it. Um, Katie is drinking a Two Robbers, which is my <laughs> current favorite um, hard seltzer drink. Ooh. It's a local Philly distillery. Uh, funny story. Of course, I have a story. There's two robbers in this movie. There are two yes. robbers in this movie. Oh, that, that is the most appropriate. Why, you just put this it. together. <laughs> no, I chose it so I could we tell had a my whole story. conversation about it. No. <laughs> I chose this so I could tell my story. So... Two weeks ago, I texted Jim and I said, on your way home, can you please stop and pick me up some two robbers? He says, sure. And so he walks in and he says, you know, there's a whole case of two robbers on the top shelf of the fridge, don't you? I mean, right there on the top shelf in our main. We don't have more than one fridge, like next yeah. to the milk, like every day, milk, two mm. robbers. I had been not drinking two robbers for at least a week, thinking we were all out. In fact... I had Sauvignon Blanc last week on the podcast because I was missing my two robbers. There was a whole case on the top shelf. So we had 36 robbers. So now we have 36 robbers. Well, I've had a few. Right. So we're down to like yeah. 30 robbers. Okay. Actually, hey. we're doing the math totally wrong. I know, because everyone is two. two. Yeah. <laughs> so we had like 72 robbers. Yeah, God 72 damn. robbers. Get the math right, please. <laughs> oh. um, hit the breaking news. We have some breaking, breaking, breaking news. news. Breaking, breaking news. news. Pew, pew. Very good music. I yeah. like that a lot. Shoveltown has a new beer. That's the breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> no, there's more breaking news. I just want to use the sound effect as much as possible. <laughs> Shoveltown has taken my favorite Shoveltown beer, Twine Cutter, uh -huh. which was an American pale ale and has now turned it into a West Coast IPA. Okay. Bumping it up to a 7.2. Mm -hmm. alcohol on and it is delectable first batch just run had to immediately go purchase some and i'm having it for the first time so that's right. probably uh inspired by your uh other one of your other favorite beers that uh the green yes, flash green flash ipa yeah which is very difficult to get yeah. uh all right time for fact check hit the breaking new buzzer because we have more well, breaking oh, i was news. wondering i thought there was other breaking news Pale Reason is back. <laughs> October 23rd. Outside. I heard it's happening. Via, I heard via social media. <laughs> they are back. <laughs> it's been a while. Very exciting. Two years. I love it. Two, it's been about two years. Um, mm -hmm. So that's breaking news. But hit it again because we have more oh my breaking news. Can it get old? Can we overuse it? No. Maybe. <laughs> We're in the Andy Kaufman zone where everyone's hating it right now. But if we keep doing it, they'll it's come gonna around. Get, it's going to get funny again. Yeah. Disney Plus has announced okay. the huge new Pixar release. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's become satiated, and it is it is a mind of its own now. Uh, mm -hmm. Soul, 
which everybody was looking for, was supposed to come out this summer, mm. will be released Christmas Day. This is the Pixar big release, mm -hmm. the movie that was made by the people who did Inside Out, okay. which is in a fantastic movie, was slated to come out in the summer and then was pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And instead of doing the crazy Mulan thing where they're going to charge you $30 for it, it will be free for all Disney Plus subscribers on Christmas Day. That's very exciting. That's very, very cool. This, was, this is supposed to be a really good movie, too. This is not like one of those ones that, you know, was they could dump it because nobody was going to go see hey, it. Uh, this was the legit Pixar film. I will say, I think Onward is an incredible movie. Um, and I think people are not giving it its due. No, oh, well, I saw it in the theater. It? This is my question. Well, Chris I, Pratt is like campaigning for people to watch it. And you got a bunch of crap. But it is a great movie. It's we were excellent. lucky enough to see it in the theaters. So and I good. think I think that's yeah, I agree. It is a really good movie. Yeah. Yep. It's awesome. Uh, OK, some other fact check stuff. We asked the commenters this week to play game of the week from last week's episode mm -hmm. and asked them what film from 93 would they watch? Uh, remember last week we had the options. It was Scent of a Woman, A Few Good Men or Fugitive. I threw in Jurassic Park as well. We didn't have space for it in our game, but I wanted to see what people would think. Okay. And 42% of the commenters said A Few Good Men, yeah. winning the 93 film choice. Yep. Uh, both Jurassic Park and The Fugitive got 25% each. And then Scent of a Woman um, struggled wow. crawling in with only That's 8%. Me. I get it. Um, Brian. Who did this math for you? I did the math. You did this math? I did this math. You knew of, that 42 plus 8 division. was 50? 50. That's a lot and 25 of plus 25 mm -hmm. is 50. It wasn't. 50. Yeah. You could have went to like 110%. Did Brian. you just make the numbers up? Did you just. You could have like, gone above and beyond ish. and given 110%. I could have. I could have <laughs> taken the amp to 11. Because it's. Le no, no. It's, it's 11. one louder. It's one that I uh, I added um, the total number of commenters responses mm -hmm. wow. and then divided by the that number hundred. per film. That is some that's some high level math. What did I you know. say? Divided by 100. <laughs> and that's why I did the math. Yep. <laughs> um, quick reminder uh, or news, because I don't think we knew we were even doing this prior to uh, recording our last episode. Jim and I made a special guest appearance on Pop Adult, filling mm -hmm. in for Tim, who is celebrating his wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. So we wish him a happy first wedding anniversary in which Keenan decided that he would take us down uh, the yellow brick road that is the pile of shit films that he picks uh, to watch while Jim and I talked about the few films that we dislike from our podcast. Podcast, yeah. which was a hard list because yeah. we came to the realization i think that by and large other than a few films uh we thankfully watch good movies yeah that's my it's much more fun yeah yeah um but it was a very fun episode i he uh in fact told us about a captain america movie that i didn't even know existed mm -hmm. yeah, from the in 70s. fact there was there was a few films that he was talking uh, yeah about we don't want to spoil it no you idea. should you should listen you should it listen is, to it is it. fun because we we talk about some some of the things oh. we we hated about the films we watched. Okay. Yes, like the Notebook, spoiler. Yeah, but oh, I mean that's not. A, uh, and that's then, not a spoiler. you know, it's only days until Disney Plus or Amazon or somebody begins the process of financially put, supporting our program. I'm sure, uh, <laughs> but until then, I feel it's appropriate to plug things that actually make us money. Unlike this program. So it's time for our One Hope Havertown oh. plug. We haven't had this discussion we in a while. Haven't. What is happening in One Hope Havertown well, world? Katie had her first wine tasting since the world shut down. It'll probably be the last one until the world reopens again. But it was lovely. And, uh, and One Hope has some exciting new things happening. So number one. Now you can win, earn reward points with your purchases that you can use towards future purchases or you can donate towards charities of your choosing. You get them double star days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What's that like from? Starbucks. You get the double, double star days. Double star days. Yeah, I don't know. They'll have double, double star days. I'll let you know. Mm. Um, 
And now you can also get discounted four packs. So it used to be that you had to buy six bottles to get a discount on your purchase. But now you can get a 5% discount on your four pack. Discounted shipping. Very nice. You know, for the budget, for the frugal wine drinker who really is more of a four bottle a week drinker than a six bottle a week drinker. Or you could double up and make it two orders of four and you get eight bottles. Well, there you go. Sure. At that six. point, you just go to 12. Then you go to 12. Yeah. But, well, but I mean, listen, the flexibility is I there mean, if you're being you. really frugal, you, you just buy a couple cases at a time. Yeah. And that's, it ships almost Katie anywhere. Yeah. Is that correct? Ships almost sure anywhere. Sure do. Yeah. There's right. only a few states that say no to alcohol. And if you live in one of those states, move. We're sorry. Yeah. Vote. <laughs> vote, vote. Yes, vote. That's a good point. Uh, okay. It's time for the rundown. Um, this one. I need my tech support over here. It's help helping me make rough patches That's a, isn't that a piece of white lined paper what oh do you not need for my run share it until we're done i used to be able to it's confusing to me okay uh the rundown with walker texas ranger Ooh. two messed up brothers are on a quest to do one good thing with their life clear the debt on their mother's land so that little brothers abandoned children can grow up better than they did to do this, they need a lot of cash in a little time. The only answer is armed robber- robbery, obviously. The only thing standing between a good plan and a successful ending are, number one, older brother's stupidity, and number two, a just-about-to-retire Texas Ranger with something to prove. That's there we it. go. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Jim, why did you select Hell or High Water? Did you pick this? I did. I thought Brian picked this. No, I picked it because well, I was looking uh, when we were deciding what to, you know, pick for the rest of the year. Brian asked us each to pick three films. And I kind of like did a little Google search on like the best films of the past 10 years. Cause I feel like we were, we were in the past a bit for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was on the list. And so I had heard about it. I heard it was great. I didn't, I hadn't seen it. So I picked it. Man, I had this whole thing set up um, for Brian because I was going to tell Brian how much I hated this movie. Mm. But it doesn't really work if it's Jim. Because she didn't hate this. Movie. I didn't hate this movie. This is yes. very, it's a very good movie. <laughs> I would have. This is an excellent I, I movie. I will say I would have picked this movie. I saw this movie in the theater. I'm proud to say, uh, written by the amazing Taylor Sheridan, who was also the writer of Sicario and the writer and director of another amazing film that many people might not have seen, Wind River, which uh, at the end of this discussion, I think everybody will want to see Wind River Is that as the, well. Um, Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth. Um, it's oh, not the, uh, boat, the boat movie, Wind? No, 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 no. This is, uh, it's not, uh, what was that, Wind. wind. It is not Wind <laughs> with yeah. Matthew Modine. Um, and he's also the creator and writer of the fantastic Kevin Costner show, Yellowstone. Yeah, which you know, a lot of people swear by as might be the best TV show going right now. Yeah. Um, so my coworkers dis- are all obsessed with it and I'm oh, yeah. shamefully it, not watching it. It's 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 amazing. He's amazing as a writer. So I was thrilled when Jim picked this because this had been a movie that had been my on my radar for a long time. Uh, and we have never really done something quite like this. You know, yeah. I mean, yes, it's a heist bank robbing. So, I mean, we did heisty type thing with Baby Driver, but this is obviously a yeah. very different take on that type of film. Yeah, I wouldn't call this a heist movie, so to speak, even though there are elements of it. I, I think of it more of like a modern Western. Well, it's both. I, yeah, it's I, both, I think but... it fits under both of those yeah. categories. Yeah. yeah, we and we have yet to do a Western, yeah. honestly, on this show. Um, for all sorts of reasons, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, but this, I remember seeing this in the theater off of Loving Sicario, which is one of my favorite movies. So as soon as I heard he wrote this, I wanted to go see it. Did not get a huge amount of box office buzz, 
but it was Oscar nominated as best picture mm. and just being floored by it in the theater, because I think it's not a film that we're seeing be made quite as much now. It had felt a lot to me like the films of the late seventies that were being made in look, feel, tone, style. And we've talked about this before. We get lots of big budget movies now and not many small pieces like this. Mm -hmm. I, I loved that about it. And I love that it's kind of grown in how stature I feel like in in recent years since its release. Well, right off the bat, it looks incredible. Um, The music is incredible. (laughs) The performances are fantastic. There's not, I don't, after watching it, there was nothing that stuck out at me as a problem with this movie at all. No, the only problem with this movie is, uh, to me, this is why we can't watch mediocre films and be, like, satisfied with them. Right. Because when stuff like this exists, it just makes everything else look bad, you know? Um. And it's hard to excuse those shortcuts that folks take and and thinking that the audience is not intelligent enough to handle things like to me, everything in this movie functions well and is accessible for all. Yeah. The writing of this movie reminded me a lot of Stephen King. Yeah, I can see that. There was a lot of like this. He he plays around a lot with similar themes Mm -hmm. and and ideas of you know um that idea specifically like in the dark tower because i'm listening to a dark tower podcast and there's that's obviously has a little bit of a western feel to it as well but yeah um i love this movie i my hot take brian for this is that um ben foster is you know this is a a cinematic universe that is varsity blues and Hell or high water, and Ben and Foster is actually just tweeter grown up. <laughs> well, I love what I love about Ben Foster, and actually, he's some people so on social media were talking about it when we posted that we were doing this. Is he is one of those people to me that there's a sense of almost instant credibility that the quality of what you're going to see in that next two hours is almost validated immediately, almost. He's just one of those people that tends to pick really unique, special projects. And I'm sure we could look at his whole IMDb and there's been some money grabs there, which you need to do in Hollywood to be able to be in other films. He wasn't somebody I recognized. Yeah, it's funny. You would know that him, I think, he looked, I thought he put, looked like he put a little weight on for this. Yeah, and he's Jim pulled up some scrappy. older pictures. I, I, yeah, I said like, I, yeah, it's a familiar face, but I don't remember I had only him. seen it one time, but I remember really liking that hostage movie with him and Bruce Willis. Mm. Um, oh, which one is that? That's a good, is it hostage? Is that I what think it's called? called he's hostages. Good. He's good in that. But he's yeah. good I, in so many. I feel that way though about Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges I, as like, well. He, I, Jeff Bridges elevates everything he does. Yeah, there, there. Like I said to Jim, there's like just these moments with him with his face, where it just feels like a masterclass. Like, like, and some, and he carries a lot of those little idiosyncrasies through several characters, but it never feels overplayed. Like it, it still works. Yeah, his little like quick smile little quick smile fall i don't know yeah just says a thousand things yeah he's great in this too he does so much with this you know you know who ben foster kind of reminds me of is someone like uh giovanni rabisi yeah i can see like like, he's better but yes yeah yeah like in that in that vein like even when he was on like my name is earl he was an amazing character Ben foster no 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 giovanni rabisi so like you'd know what when he's on screen that he, he is He's not phoning it in. Um, and Chris Chris Pine was great in this film as well. Um, and we're not really used to seeing him in such kind of a serious role. At least I wasn't. I think off the top of my head, I think I've only seen him in the Star Treks and what Wonder Woman. And well, I'm and trying to remember thing, what else he's been in. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about him, I think, is he has post-Star Trek in some ways made 
interesting choices in a good way. He's willing to do like a Wonder Woman, which, by the way, is maybe the only DC film I enjoy. It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, and he's good in it. And Gail Godot is amazing in it. Uh, but he's done a few things. He did a, a limited uh, miniseries for TNT that was set in, I think it was like the 30s or something in LA, which was awesome, where he was a private detective. He did this one. So he is willing to do some of those things, which I appreciate. And I thought it goes back to kind of what Katie was saying about are will some of these big budget people take risks sometimes? And this movie, when he was actually, I think actually this movie came out the same weekend as Star Trek, maybe the second Star Trek. Okay. So he was already doing big blockbusters yeah. at this point, but he was he's willing to take a chance on something like this, which is a, a very low budget film but the quality of it is mm -hmm. just staggering when you look at this what movie, they did with it uh was help helping katie to get some of her white boy actors straight oh yeah number one i can't keep any of the chris's straight i don't know how anybody does i frankly the only one i always well, get, know ready is chris for, pratt. get ready for get ready for you know chris here. i know chris Evans. Pratt. Well, so now I know he's Captain America. Yeah. So I have like yes. a character to associate him with, and that helps. And we're going to so watch Snowpiercer. So, oh, yeah. oh, which is oh, yeah. amazing. We should see Captain Seriously. America. We should do that. That's an um, awesome. Movie. I have no idea who Chris Helmsworth is. Uh, somebody just said that to me. I don't know who that person is. He is Thor. Thor. Oh, okay. That's helpful too. And okay. Liam Helmsworth, his brother. Their brothers. Is okay. Got Gail it. From Got it. Got the it. Okay. And was also married to Miley now, Cyrus. Now, here's my other problem. Mm -hmm. This guy came on screen, and I was like, Oh, that's Cyclops. That's, yes, um, he thought it was James Marsden. James, James Marsden. I thought it was James Marsden. And then I realized okay. that for years, I've confused James Marsden with David Charvet from Baywatch. What? <laughs> that's what I said. He David is like Charvet. Yeah, pull yeah. them over here. Pull no. them over here. For the, oh, the, they, I, they need to I, see I, this. David Charvet. David Charvet. One. David now give Charvet. me, give me my other guy. Let's go. James Listen, Marsden. they could all be brothers. This is we've got the Helmsworths, and then we've got the this trio. Oh my god. Listen, I'm calling it long lost brothers separated at birth. Well, I don't think they're that. They they can't be the same age, but. Anyway, they're related. They yeah. all look very similar. I can't keep all the white boys straight. There's too oh, many. God. There's too many of them. The brown-haired uh, ones and the blonde-haired ones. They all look too. It makes me think. They of, look uh, the same. It makes me think of uh, True Romance with uh, what's his name? Is it today White Boy Day? Yeah. <laughs> there's just so many. I don't, I don't even. I lost my. Yeah. Train let's of just thought. move <laughs> on. We down it. Um, we Meanwhile, down the other police chief I immediately knew was. That's the guy from Twilight. Yeah. Knew that. Knew that. I've only seen that the movie once. Also, he's a ranger. Remembered a ranger. him. Yep. Remembered um, him immediately. He is great. He, he is, is Oh, man. He was he's in Wind story. River as well. Between the, the two um, of them. The, 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 and the I loved, I love the parallel stories of the, mm -hmm. of the brothers and mm -hmm. the partners mm -hmm. of the rangers so kind of like moving along and yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was really really powerful. It was excellent. I almost don't want to spoil it, but you know no, that's what you we can't. do. No, no, no. I, well, I think people I can think choose can. to. People can choose. I think we can. People can yeah. choose to watch the movie. I think if you're listening to a movie podcast and you choose to okay. listen right. to a podcast about the movie, you're throwing out yeah. any. Plus, this movie was released in 2016. Yeah, go see this right away if yes, you please. haven't. Yes, um, please. How did we did we rent this? We rent it. It's for yeah. you. No, we, we purchased bought it, it for five dollars. I purchased it as well on. I bought it in. Uh, they had a great sale on it recently. I bought it right away because of that. Yeah, we bought fantastic. it for five bucks on. What iTunes. a steal! Yeah, that's a that's amazing. The rental was for <laughs> purchase five. And buy this, this is definitely buy this movie. Def definitely rewatchable movie by the buy way. Buy this movie. It's you it's can beautiful. easily watch this. Yeah. Movie so again. Brian, I, I didn't know if you did any research on the on the cinematography or anything, well, but. I just thought everything felt so in step with the themes. Like I was never distracted by anything on screen. Mm -hmm. I always felt like the colors and everything that I was seeing was supporting everything else that was happening in this movie. Yep. Which was purposeful, which yeah. is interesting about like, especially in this film, they did very, if you look at it, everything is earth tone mm -hmm. in terms of, the, the painting and the, the situation and everything's also there are no sets. They didn't use any sets for this movie. And I think that you can kind of see that what's intriguing is the whole production design, cinematographer, director, editor, 
are all foreigners. Okay. Which you would never assume, but they, when they took this project, they just did a road trip through Texas Mm -hmm. and they actually filmed in New Mexico, but the differentiation between the two and landscapes was not much based upon the areas they picked, but this is like the cinematography I love. And it's where I get into an argument of people when they talk about like visuals and movies, like somebody will talk about, we'll look at the visuals from CGI and something like the Avengers, or somebody says, well, Zack Snyder's a visionary director of the visuals he uses. That's all crap to me at its core, a great cinematographer, which is why I like Kubrick's work. It's almost like still paintings. You're seeing mm-hmm. images or Terrence Malick is a great. If there was a lot of Terrence Malick, um, you know, in this movie, I thought in Greta the way some, uh, she does this as well, which I which I enjoy, which is there are it's almost like you're looking at still photography mm-hmm. with some of this. Image, but you have motion in it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like the, yeah. the pinnacle of what cinematography is in yeah. terms of their light. So. I think they were so in awe of coming here. The director is English, actually. And he said coming to America and seeing the type of landscapes that these people would have lived in. I also got the vibe from what I think is one of the best television shows, a single season in television history, which was um, True Detective. True Detective. And the way that they chose to use the scenery as a supporting character in a way that fleshes out the story without having to use exposition, which I love about how Taylor Sheridan wrote this. And it it was written in the script. You know, everybody who talks about the script, Jeff Bridges, uh, Chris Pine, Ben Foster, when they talked about a lot of them talk about is the best script they had ever read at that point in terms of how Taylor Sheridan was describing the landscape and how that informed what the story was going to go to be about. And I think you felt the desperation of the brothers yes. mm-hmm. as a result of that. And yeah. That, to me is, yeah, the there's fact a, that you can do that is insane. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a lonesome depression to everything you see that you don't even need to hear about the hardships that they've gone through. You could see it as they're driving. Until they get to that final bank and it, and that that contrast of like that final setting. Right. It strikes you because you've gotten so accustomed to all of the other sets. Right. That right. That's normal. That's where you are. That's where you're living. There's and then, few people. There's few people. Right. And, then, and yes. then when you get into this larger town, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is right next to them. Yeah. Like th- this is a completely different yeah. place. Yeah. And and yeah, there's so much there's so much going on in this movie. The idea of like redemption and what what each character kind of views as like their like what quote-unquote destiny they have to fulfill like the brother the older brother just wants to kind of take care of his younger brother who just wants to take care of his kids um and do right by even do right by his ex-wife who mm -hmm. he clearly owes a lot of money to in child support and not and just hasn't been able to pay. It's not like he's unwilling. It's that he just didn't have the means. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the on the ranger side, just you know, getting to retirement is that something that should be? I think he's struggling with. Is that something that should be applauded? Is that something that is, you know, it's kind of that same theme they dealt with in True Detective, which is mm-hmm. if you are truly a person that solves crimes you don't that doesn't leave you ever no it's well, it's, it's, like, it's his lifeblood it's who right. he is so and we're gonna see that just quickly we're gonna do seven in a couple of weeks and morgan freeman yeah is struggling with that same thing yeah. so i think it'll be interesting to revisit that and compare those two characters um i was thinking about the flat the the five bloods and our criticisms of that in comparison to this film, I felt like this this was what we wanted to see from Spike Lee because you have these like very complicated, fully formed characters who as as Jim just described, like each have a clear goal um and dilemma, right, going on. 
But then underneath, there are these societal issues that are so well layered where you have a, a ranger who is Mexican, Native American, who has a, you know, a predecessor who is racist, racist yes. and still and thinks that it's OK, like thinks he's joking, like doesn't get that the things he's saying is not OK. And so you've got these conversations happening where sometimes it feels like it's landing and sometimes it's not of um I, I'm but that's horrible more, with that, all that, of their names. That's I have none more of the real names life, in right. this movie. Yeah. But our, our man who is Native American yeah. talking about like, but this land was this land all belonged to my ancestors. And so in this story where you have two brothers who are fighting to reclaim the land that was their mother's that now the, that the bank has basically preyed upon. Right. And so the bank will own unless they take serious action. Um, you've got this layer of, of historical land grab and, and oppression, right? But it's threaded through so nicely that it doesn't feel like you ever get hit over the head with it. Yeah. It's just kind of like all there for the taking if you want it. Yeah, and he's Alberto Parker. The actor's name is Gil Birmingham. Who's in tons of stuff. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in great. a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I loved the fact that they did actually show you a point where he finally was just like, fuck this guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to even engage with him anymore. Yep, in the hotel room. Yeah, and so mm -hmm. like to me, that was like real life, whereas like Jeff Bridges' character clearly thought like, oh, we're such close friends that I can joke around with him yeah. and I can do You're what I want. You're eventually going to get that, right. I, that I'm right. a good guy and it's okay for right. me to say this. He's one of the good old boys. Because I like which you is, and so I can say these things. Right. He's one of the good old boys, which is not a good thing. Right. And he, yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and it's not, it's not something that's really dealt with in the movie. It just kind of is what it it's is. It's just there for you yeah. to pay attention to yeah. and, and think about. Yeah. It, it's beautifully done. I am, I think I was drawn to this film after I watched it the first time because it, deals with something that is dealt with, I think, not often in film in many ways, which is the idea of systematic poverty. Yeah. And yeah. and and I'm I'm drawn to that as I as I look at it and I think about it, because I talk about it with my students a lot. And in, in particular, the poverty that exists in in pockets of the country that we don't think about. We spend so much time looking at and rightfully so the struggles of urban poverty, you know, and we've seen that in some of the films that we've even looked at that we sometimes lose sight of what the struggle to overcome poverty is. And I'm not sure I've ever seen a film that does that as subtly as this, but also it's a main theme of the movie. Yeah. It's not beating it over the head, but it's drawing you to start to ask real questions about what people need to do to get themselves out of these types of situations in the secular nation and cycle that you can get caught in, which is one of the reasons I love The Wire. And for all the complaints about the last season of The Wire, and some people complain about the finale, I think that final season, one of the things I did like about it is it did hit home of this idea of the secular nature and the cycle you can get caught in. Yeah. And in particular, the sequence when Chris Pine finally goes and sees his son, I think is is heartbreaking. And I played that off in my mind with that scene that we had seen with Chris O'Donnell and Al Pacino in Son of a Woman and, and, and saw some of the parallels there. Of There are two people here struggling to break free from things that have been imposed on, on them in their life. And Chris O'Donnell had a level of poverty and this was his chance to get out of it. And Al Pacino had squandered so much. Yeah. But in this film, we're dealing with this idea that Chris Pine never had those opportunities. He never squandered anything. And what would it take and what would you be willing to do to make sure that your 
family didn't have to continue down that line. Right. And I don't think that's dealt with much. And I think no. it's so brilliant that it is. In yeah, this movie. I agree. And, and when you think about the storyline, you know, like it's preposterous, right? Like, you know, that that oil would be found on your land that could secure your family for the next generation that then your answer is, well, then we have to go rob banks so that we can pay off the the loans against the land so that we so that this land is ours and that I can transfer it to my children and hold it in a trust so that if I get arrested or killed, it's still there. It's right. preposterous. And so it helps to emphasize that notion that for the average human, there is no answer to this problem. Right. Other than being so desperate that you do something ridiculous. Yeah. That, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I've I've also found this and I and, and maybe my, it's from being. Oh, go, go ahead. Brian. No, you go ahead. You do. You go. First, I was Jim. just going to say that the the other thing that is sort of dealt with in this movie that is sort of glossed over is the fact that the older brother killed his his stepfather. Yeah. Because of the abuse that they the two of them were receiving. And mom. And mom, and made it seem like a hunting accident. Yeah. Um, and so, like, again, that is, like, in passing, again, a way of just deepening our understanding of, of these characters and what they've been through. And I and would what, hope... And what trauma... We've talked a lot about, like, the role of trauma. Yeah. And that furthers that conversation as well, of, like, who he's become because of the right. trauma of growing up in an abusive household and growing up in poverty. Right. He has already been the person that needs to do the things that he needs to do to survive. Yes. And so like those decisions start to become easy for him. Sure. And so when we get to the end scene in the bank, the third bank where there's more people to deal with and we have m more heroes with guns, he's willing to just open fire to protect his brother. Yes. Absolutely. And that, none that of that moment, is unbelievable. No, no, no. That moment no. when they change cars. Yeah. That's, yes. Like you get that like he's off to do whatever is necessary to help his brother do what he needs to do to save his family. Very similar to the conversation instead of a woman, which is like, I've already, I've already had my chance and done my mm -hmm. thing yeah. and made my choices that made me who I am. Don't do that to this kid. Mm -hmm. And he's sort of making the same choice here, mm -hmm. which is, I'm going to help him stay on that side of yeah. the line that I'm on. So then I, 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 you're right. We have to, we have to spoil it. So friends at home, if you haven't watched this movie, hit pause, go watch the movie. And then we're going to talk about how this ends. Um, I love the ending of this movie. Mm -hmm. I love great ending. I love an ending that leaves a little question mark that, that lets the viewer sit with it for for a while and think about like so where would this go and so you know we end with jeff bridges partner has been killed in all of this and he takes that horribly right like i mean like take feels responsible for that situation older brother also killed in this and so what started as, you know, a conflict where we had four primary characters, we're, we're down to two. And so the final scene is these two characters. And um, I would call it a showdown, except that it's a very calm showdown. <laughs> there is a weapon. There are two weapons involved, but they're not really used. It's a conversation. Um, and I love the pace of that scene. I love how Jeff Bridges is really just rolling this all over in his mind because he needs to understand kind of like the missing puzzle piece for him, you know, that, that this guy is clearly intelligent. He knew that from the get go, that this was a very smart plan, that the older brother was on a totally different path mm -hmm. <laughs> in terms of the decisions that he made, his recklessness, um, you know, willingness to kill and trying to understand like what was the end what was the end game here what was going on um and so we're left at the end not knowing you know like jeff bridges could pull this all together and and make sure that younger brother ends up in jail um or he could just let this one go and when you think about you know what's the vow that he took as you know as a 
an agent of the law. It depends on how he looks at that, how he, how he views his role in society, um, which way he goes on this. Because when he realizes the motives that this man had for what he did. Well, they're not, he's not going to ever figure that out as far as based on the, the story we saw, because the bank's not going to cooperate with them. Okay. Yeah. So, so he, like, okay. he will never know that the, the land, the land. So, and go. that's another thing, another layer that they kind of lay on top, which yep. is the corruption and oh, insidious nature so of the institution. Wasn't it? That they just, they would, the bank clearly knows by this point that the brothers were the ones that robbed them. However, being a part of the trust that is, that is it's setting more up valuable uh, is more that. valuable than yep. keeping them as a, as a client, as yep. a trust is more valuable because probably they were insured for that money, blah, blah, blah. And, and they only said, that's why they hit those. Right. The, the way he writes, I, what I love, which might get lost in this is some of the brilliant tidbits of like just yes. a heist film that they're washing that, that they're only taking what's considered. Um, that's not the bank's money. Right. They know what's not labeled. They realize there wouldn't be surveillance cameras. They realize if they go to a casino and turn it into chips and then transfer it into money, they can get it in a check. And then they can't like, that's a, the burying of the car. So they're using cars that, they're buying from a dealer that's then reported stolen right cash and then bearing it on the fire like that stuff i love i love that little yep. minutiae of a bank rob film and, and, the, and that they pull off. yeah and he uses the idea that these people and these situations are nothing more than a bottom line to the institution to kind of explain away like oh well why wouldn't the bank just figure out put two and two together and figure out how this happened it's because they don't fucking want to because it's not worth it to them and even, and it's brilliant even yeah. if they had employees who were killed in this killed right? traumatized so, right so it's literally that the the money is literally more important right. than right. the humans right yes yeah and the, I've, i no go ahead no 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 i just found like to me the the thing that i'm so intrigued by is is that you would label what they're doing. And even Jeff Bridges does it at the end. You'll never be able to live with this. And Chris Pine's basically like, yeah, well, I'll be able to live with this. And it's interesting to me, because when I think about what they do, that we would label them maybe evil, they're robbing a bank and somebody died and stuff like that. Is that much different? Then let's say an Andrew Carnegie who started a steel factory and had steel workers dying for him to, you know, right and left because he didn't care well, about their safety. I mean, we, we, could pro you know, we could probably get numbers on how many employees of Amazon have died of COVID. Well, exactly. That's my point. So, so like, but I just yeah. found that interesting. Like, but how we classify it, like that a is modern deemed... Peter it's a Peter Pan story. No, but, uh, Peter but my Pan. point You're is like Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Peter Pan, Robin Hood. But my my guess, my <laughs> wait, who's Tinkerbell? Great, great mouse detective, yeah. Jeff yeah. Bridges. Is that the great Jeff Bridges? Uh, no, book? but, He's but I guess my point is like this Peter, film has... no. <laughs> oh, Please God. make a Jeff Bridges as Peter Pan poster. Yeah, we would love it. Um, I guess my point was this film had me think what we classify right when we talk about, you know, capitalism and, and by the way, before somebody turns off and thinks this is like some communist thing, remember my hero growing up as a five-year-old was Alex B. Keaton. Oh, I thought so you were going to say feel, Karl Marx. No, no. So I feel, I feel justified <laughs> if I was a little Alex B. Keaton that I can say this, but it's like, I, I do when I teach this, I think it's interesting. Like you're going to make that statement and a lot of people will be like, Oh, people died in this bank robber. He, you know, they shouldn't have been doing this for their family. Why is it when one person would make that choice, we would vilify them? Yet, like Jim brings up, when it's a corporate entity, we're okay with making profits and it's okay to do that. But when somebody would be trying to do the same thing, the only thing, and that's one of the things I think that's hammered home in this movie, the only option afforded Chris Pine and yeah. Ben Foster, that's the, like, to me, the the heartbreaking thing about this, the only thing in this country that they could do 
to potentially break that cycle for their family is something like what they had to it, do. It, it also wasn't just breaking the cycle. Let's let's remember that corporation, the bank, was about to take everything from them. Not just the last bit that they had was going to go away. In an orchestrated way, too. Right, it, it because was, they I mean, knew they, that I there mean, was oil. They yeah. knew what was going on, and I think that's a great point, too, right? This is – there is ways, and I think they, they do this very subtly because I don't think they make the bank as the big bear. I think they do it very subtly that you can get that sense that there are ways to make lots of money in the world yeah. and not do shit like what they were doing to those people. And I appreciate the direction in this, that it this is not like a like a Michael Moore type thing where it's like, I'm going to throw this in your face. And it's good. Yeah. Like you just you get to sense that well, and take that for what it is. Or you can just watch it. It is a great movie. But those tones are there that. But I But it's think not even important. just them. It's not even just the brothers. It's also the waitress. Yep. It's yep. also and the guys in the diner, the guys in the diner. It's also the cap, the, the, the steer hands moving yep. the cows across from the fire yep it's also the rangers yep They're you lawyer. don't get the impression that the rangers are living uh great lives yeah yeah their lawyer and and that's it like it's all kind of like you get breadcrumbs throughout but even like when the lawyer said when they say like why are you why are you doing this for us yeah you know like he 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 lays it out there of like here this is what the bank did to your mom and yeah everybody knows it and yeah. you know Somebody needs to help make it right. Yeah. I, I think there was a line and I wrote it down in this movie, which summed this film up to me in a heartbreaking way. And I thought it was a brilliantly written line by um, Taylor Sheridan that Ben Foster says. And they're talking about like they they, they pretty much know they they're not going to get away with this. Yeah. And Ben Foster says, I've never known anyone who got away. Oh, with my anything. God. That stuck. I thank you for bringing that up because that stuck with me. I mean, yeah, like the only people we know in our society that get away with shit are the are people that are rich. Our our Philip Seymour Hoffman at Baird Academy. Yeah, the people our, who right. go to Baird Academy, and that to me was like I, I. It's crazy, but that to me is like something that more people should think of. Yes. And we're a very de like device. It seems yeah. like everything's very divisive, but I think it's we're divisive. And I was actually saying in the school today, we're sometimes divisive with groups that we don't need to be divisive with. And I feel like that quote alone yep. says it. How many of us feel that way that, you know, that you're not going to get away with something? And there's yeah. only a certain group of people who are going to get away with it. And that's buried in this movie, I think. Yeah. Again, I think the brilliance of the direct everything about this movie is that line to me was this movie, that that is the world that those people are living in. And what would you be willing to do to get out of that, to potentially become one of those people who would have the ability to make even a marginal or small mistake and not have their life right. destroyed. And, and then, you know, in the brilliance that is the writing, and I think this is also a piece that sort of reminded me of Stephen King, is like to, to someone that's not thinking about this on the multiple levels, he got away with it in the end. But did he, like, to Jeff Bridges, that conversation he has with Jeff Bridges at the end is, did he truly get away? Like, he will never get away from this. Like, yeah. it, what he did, he's not his brother. And so, like, he, even though he's saying he'll live with it, he's he's going to be haunted by it. He's mm -hmm. going to be, you know, and he weighed, he weighed those, you know, the, the risk and the reward and, and for you know basically gave the reward away to his family mm -hmm. and said i will i will bear the burden of like knowing what happened and how it happened and i was a part of it and so he he i think jeff bridges is right he's not he's not getting away with this like even if even if he never does even if he's never brought on charges he is going to carry this weight of what he was involved with and I, well, and even the conversation with his son, yeah, because you know something we see over and over again, 
especially again from our, you know, more powerful members of society is justification, right? Uh, like I, I did this thing and it's okay because it was for this reason. Um, and in that conversation with his son, he says, you're going to hear a lot of things about me. And the son says, I won't believe them. And he says, no, believe them. I did them. I did them. And I don't want you to be like that. Yeah. And to me, that was, uh, it's huge. That's huge. Well, right? you do. Yeah. Well, and you do see, I, I think there's an interesting thing historically that you see when you make choices like this, when you see a Rockefeller or a Carnegie or a Bill Gates or these type of people who give away this wealth. Yeah. Right. They give it away at the end because I think they come to realization but. of what needed to be done to acquire it. And the yeah, things it's that not they just did that. to acquire it. And is like, it, maybe that's that. And maybe that feels like they can cleanse their soul yeah. in some way for the, that. The idea that you can, you can see, you can be satisfied versus content, right? There's something that I heard. I was listening no, that's to. That's a great uh, way to put it. Listening that's, to yeah. a, the Dax Shepard podcast. And I, I forget the doctor's name, but he was talking about how, you know, being satisfied is totally different than being content. Being content is like the lack of needing anything, right? You don't need anything. No. Being satisfied is needing something and and consuming so, consuming something to fill the the need. And the idea that you can never be that like you can never fill an internal issue with external things. Like like those those titans of of industry that you're talking about we're driven and we're trying to get to some place, but there's always, there's always one more rung on that ladder, right? There's always one more thing that you don't have or you can't accomplish. And that doesn't make like, so even when you think back, like I have everything I could ever, I ever wanted as a child. Like if you were to think back now, Brian, would you say that like when you were a kid, you were like, I'd love to have a house. I'd love to have a family, blah, blah, blah. And I'd love to be making X amount of money. We're probably, at least for me, I've surpassed that, right? And I feel extremely lucky and grateful for that. But there's still that like little thing that says, I need to keep going. I need to do more. I need to accumulate more. I need to, I need to make more money. I need to do X. I need to have X. And so like that idea in this movie of like, you know the 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 institution has that right and these these people just want to survive right and i think at the end i think chris pine's character is sort of in a place where he was like yeah you know what i'm content knowing that like my boys will have what i never had and they they won't have to do something as desperate as i did and that's worth more than what his I think yeah, more, yeah, more than his more than more than my my contentment of 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 my soul, I guess. I don't know how else to put it. Well, no, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh this is again we've done I, I was kind of slowly scrolling through the movies we've done this month, uh or year, the whole year. And it's gonna be tough when we get to the end of the year to pick our best movie because man, we have done the major Oscar Oscars. Some good ones majorly, majorly uh, the Dundies, majorly, the, majorly the commies, the commies. The I don't commies. know if we should use that. Well, yeah, we might want to say, but this is one of them. You can get it cheap on <laughs> iTunes. Voodoo is selling it. Uh, they're all selling it. This is one that is worth owning, mm-hmm. in my opinion. We'll give it a major I, I, award. Major award. Um, having watched it numerous times, I'd be interested for you guys to watch it again yeah. uh, to think because I, this is my third or fourth time watching it. And then I, you do get, I, uh, you know, over yeah. the years, cause I saw it originally. So I've yes. seen about once a year or so. Uh, but I also would love to do some more of the Taylor Sheridan ones. I think you guys would love wind river um, and Sicario, which is that's I mean, Emily Blunt, right? And, uh, and Denny you, Villeneuve is the director. Yeah. So it's unbelievable. Denny Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Yep. <laughs> of, of Dune 
<laughs> which unfortunately has been pushed back. Yeah. Um, so please see this. We, I think we all would say this yeah. is one of the must sees. Yep. I must. think this, I mean, honestly, like when I haven't looked through the list, but I would say this is my top 10% of the movies that we've done easily. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Ever. Yeah. I, I think yeah. this is, we're, we're on amazing. one hand. This, yeah. this makes yeah, it this onto is, the hand. It's awesome. All right. All right uh, time for game of the week. Here we go. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to be up front here. This game could be a complete shit show. Yeah. Based Mm -hmm. upon what Katie's been talking about earlier. Uh, We're playing uh, Fast Four. We're going to rank Chris films. These are films where Chris's are in. Well, can we we also say TV as well? Yes. Because that is going to change this list drastically. I I think we should. We can do it. Uh, I I removed Chris Evans from this list um, because there were some others. Because knows who he is. Who he knows who he is. (laughs) All right. Uh, So we have to rank for television. (laughs) (laughs) She no clue. Even though though we saw him in Knives Out. Who's Chris Elliott? Oh my rolling God. shit. Ro- rolling shit. Oh, okay. That's who I thought it was. And yes. I was like, no, it must be a new right. guy. It must right. be a younger guy. Strong okay. strike right. on my arm. All right. So we're playing uh fast four. We're ranking Chris film slash appearances. All right. We have Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, Chris Helmsworth, and the amazing rolling shit, aka Chris Elliott. I will go uh, how would you rank this? Uh Jim, go. Okay. I'm going number one, Chris Elliott, specifically because he's in Shits Creek. Mm. And he's in a lot of other things that I Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day which I don't love. But, Something about Mary, which I hate. But Shit's <laughs> Creek is it's incredible. Watch it. Then I would go Chris Pratt because I love Star Lord. I I do love the first Guardians. I like a lot of the Marvel movies, but he's also in Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, very yeah. good. Yeah, and he's in a few other things that I think are worth watching. Then it gets a little more difficult. Ah, Chris Pine and Chris Helmsworth. I think at that point I'm going with Pine because I think the Chris Pratt kind of covers the Helmsworth stuff. Like I, I don't know much. This cross, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what has Helmsworth does? What has he done other than the Marvel the, stuff that's not worth watching? Much that you would jump at, probably. Yeah. So Helmsworth is Thor. Okay. Thor. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. For but like ahead, he, Kate, Chris Pratt's in most of his movies. Okay. All right. Yes. True. So Agreed. I'm going Chris Pine first. Okay. Because though I never liked Star Trek, I loved him. I loved those Star Trek movies. Yeah, they're good. They're really they're good. good. It makes me sad because Anton. I know. Oh, so I good. really enjoyed him in that. Um, and I'm sorry that I confused him with um, David Charvet. And <laughs> by the way, when you pull up, when you Google David Charvet, wait, wait Charvet. till you see the new poster I have behind me for next week. There's going to be a David Charvet poster. When you Google uh, David Charvet, and James Marsden, it doesn't even say James like Marsden. David Charvet actor. It says singer. <laughs> No, it does. Glass blower. Hit the hit the hit the breaking news. We have breaking news. <laughs> David Charvet was a singer. Is is is, is, is apparently is. still a singer. Does he do glass bottle? Maybe art he does glass bottle Rico. art as well. All right, all right. On. So I'm going Chris Pine. I like him. Then I'm going Chris Pratt. Yes, I like him as Star Lord. In mm. Guardians of the Galaxy, first the others, no. Um, then also Parks and Rec agreed. I he's just funny. He's a funny guy. I mm. like that he doesn't do the typical like blonde Hollywood thing, um, which Helmsworth does. So I'm going to put him at the end of the list. Okay. El- Chris, Chris Elliott's Elliot number third. three. Okay. Awesome on Schitt's Creek. Don't really love his movies. I don't really love him in well, his movies. He's a bit, he's a bit player, really, yeah. in movies. Um, yeah. And Helmsworth is forgettable for me. Okay. Oh, we forgot right. Onward for Chris Pratt? Yeah. Ah, yes. That's I why we that all yeah. Yes. Lego Lego. Movie. Oh, my God. Uh, we, we made love, the right We choice. love Chris right, Pratt. Well, we hard. love actors, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Chris Pine 1, 
just because this film alone, I think, is the best film of any of the ones. But he's I, I thought his Captain Kirk is great. Um, so I think he can do a balance of those things for two. I'm going to go Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the original Guardians. I think his work in Endgame and Infinity Wars is OK. You know, he's funny, whatever. And I'm not a huge park and rec person. But I still appreciate I love Onward and Lego movies are awesome. So I appreciate him for that. Uh, Definitely Chris Elliott third. Schitt's Creek alone would be good. I enjoy his character. He also had a really bad sitcom I used to watch on Fox. I can't even remember the name of it when I was a kid. So Mm -hmm. I'll give him that. Chris Hemsworth, by the way, I got to say, Thor Ragnarok is an amazing movie. It's a really good really good movie. yeah katie it would be your favorite i think yeah. it would be your marvel favorite movie. marvel movie okay. and i thought he was great in Didn't Endgame. He, so I think isn't he's... this the oh this is the guy that's married to miley cyrus no that's his brother oh, i confuse them all oh. yeah it's his brother he's married to one of the actresses from fast and the furious franchise yeah um but i'll Doesn't put him there excited uh, Doesn't I get Chris, oh, bad way, times in El Royale. He was in that. Yeah, I forgot. He yes. was in that. And he was good in that. If I had to put a Chris number one, it would have been Chris Evans, though. Hmm. I love Captain America and Knives Out. So and he would have been he's very pretty. He's a very pretty yeah, man. Snowpiercer, which is amazing. All I've right, never really five. gone for the girly boys. Questions. Girly boys. You want answers? There we go. You want answers? I want the truth. What makes a man? Mr. Lebowski. What the fuck is the internet? Watch. Why? All right, Peter, here Par- we go. Peter Parker was just trying to get me. Uh oh. What happened? It's the second time. We got a spider? Second time this week, a spider was descending from the ceiling of this room. I like it. I well, it could like be it. a. F- you could have been like Mike Pence. You could have a fly on your head. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Five questions for. Jim this week. Yeah. Uh, first question, thumbs up or thumbs down. How did you feel about the Chris Pratt inspired Star Trek films? Pine. Well, not inspired. Uh, Chris Pine. Pine. Pine uh, thumbs up. I like those films. Uh, although I'm not, not sure I saw the last one. The last one was okay. Last one was not a JJ film, uh, yeah. but was, but was, was no. still okay. And, I don't know. E- I think Idris. By the way, Idris I is in the third it. one. Oh yeah. Did you see it? No, but Aaron Powers just sent a picture of it to me, and I had questions on why I haven't seen this film. Yeah. Uh, because e- Idris is in alien makeup, and you don't actually see him uh-huh. as Idris. Yeah. All right, Sorry. I'll know Spo- that it's him. I'll know Spoiler that it's him. alert. Uh, all right, here we go. Question two. Jim, would you rather watch a heist film or a Western? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I think as far as genre, they're pretty even for me. Okay. But... I think the Western, the like the high, the high level Westerns are better than the high level heists for me. Okay. Can I ask a bonus sure. or a question? Would you rather watch Baby Driver or Hell or High Water? Ooh, I, that depends on the mood. Mm-hmm. But okay. probably Fair Hell response. or High Water. They are both so good. Ooh, yeah. Also, wow. both of them are great. Okay, here we go. Film the bank. Jim, if you were starting a banking chain, what would you name your bank? Money, 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 money. Oh, money. I like I don't it. Know. I like it. I have no idea. I could see that as like on a commercial on like the Maury po- uh, Povich show. Yeah. You know, like. Zeljans. Yeah. yeah Zeljans. Like like Zeljans. <laughs> Dollar. <laughs> Dollar. Dollar store. Dollar store. <laughs> That's like, it. That's literally. the banking chain would be literally. the dollar store. The dollar store. All right, here we go. Uh, favorite question. Uh, obviously, this film loved a little thing called a T-bone steak mm-hmm. from one of the sequences. What type of uh, or cut of steak do you prefer? Uh, ribeye. Always ribeye. Um, which I believe the T-bone is like half ribeye. The T-bone's an in- a weird cut. So I it's got to- a, so a T-bone has a filet on one side. Yeah, and I think it's I thought uh, it was a loin on the other side. Did you know that a chicken has a loin as well, Brad? I love loin. loin. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's my favorite. I love lamp. I love lamp. Um, Uh, So, yeah, ribeye. Go get a ribeye. At least an inch thick, inch and a half would be better. Okay. And Google Alton Brown's reverse sear method. Which you've done, correct? Yes. Oh, my God. He makes good steak. 
Do it. It I is. Can, I don't eat it, but I like I once, can a month, it. I once a month. Once a Like I would like to have a food uh, Iron Chef esque competition. Okay. Between you and Craig Goldberg cooking steaks. Oh, oh. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. This I don't know could, how Craig's skills. Uh, it, it, this ooh. might. Ooh. Will side dishes we might, be We might included? lose Craig as a friend. Craig mm. is, he so, is part of a meat share. Oh, well, when Jim does something, mm, he yeah. wins. Ooh, I like it. That I is true. We'll have to set that up. <laughs> That's... That is true. We'll have to find that out post uh, COVID here. Yeah. And finally, Jim, deep thought question. What is one thing in the world that you would think would might be worth taking a hell or high water esque? risk to no, steal none of the things is there anything <laughs> no, no probably, probably not wouldn't. no but if no things. but if there was what would i mean you, you would to... literally have to be life or death for the f- people i love right yes so Katie. Um, but, Katie. What, and hopefully what is something would... that all right so let's put it this way what is something like if you had to steal this um like the thing in the world what well, would it be that you would get i have oh, i have no idea it would it would be it would be something to keep the folks I love alive. That's the yeah. only thing it could be. <laughs> no, like, so I think Brian's just saying if so is there is there a something material object in the oh, world? So we're yeah, gonna take yeah. death yeah. off of the yeah. table. Yeah. Oh, no. You're not gonna there you're is, not gonna risk just, death anymore. Like there, what's a material <laughs> object you would steal? Like what's the one thing you wish he's, you had? He's the firstborn. He's not gonna steal anything. Yeah, sure. But I know. I will say what I agree. I don't I don't if it could be yours. It's funny, like I don't lust after things uh it, or it, like many things at one time. It's usually like if I have something in my mind that I want, it's one thing until I get that thing and then I move on to something else. Yes. So okay, go back fair. to our conversation that we we're talking about earlier, right? There's nothing out there that can fill that feeling yeah. until you get okay. the, there's just something else. So what is something that would you be, think would be amazing to have? Guitar amp. There, right. There's a specific guitar amp that I... I I have won it forever, but it's always been very expensive and very out of reach. You get well, like a little kid sometimes when you talk about your. Well, <laughs> don't worry, I'm sure our ad revenue is building. We are steadily. at twenty five dollars. We which will is, be there. We you know, will be there. A split in... three ways gets me, um, you know, pretty close to that. Amp. Listen, all right, you can <laughs> if, if, you, if you can get that amp, you can have my I share. Think, to get I it. think folks would be shocked about how much that kind of stuff costs. Oh, don't, 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 I. Don't. I I wouldn't right, be. We, I, Brian, we got to go. The kids aren't here. Yeah. All right. We got the house to ourselves. We got right. a little, we're, we're what good. are we watching? What's the name of it? Which? Jason Sudeikis. Oh, Ted Lasso. Ted Brian. Lasso. Oh, yes. So <laughs> you will love it. You got to get into soccer. Go have you seen it at all? I have seen some of oh, it. My oh, my God. It is It is better than the skit. Um, They're doing something special, I think. I'm yes. so excited yeah. about it. We're going to go right, watch we'll the second episode. Uh, next week, we will be back. Remember, like, share, subscribe, all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be back next week with Alec Baldwin, Sean Connery, mm. celebrating the 30th anniversary of The Hunt for Red October. I think it's been 30 years since I've Album seen this. covers. For... Anal bum cover. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take The Rapist for a thousand. That's Therapist? All this right, is another one I watched with my parents. All right. All right. Bye, watch everybody. Bye. Bye.